Hello, this is Kevin McMullen, Senior Pastor of Independence Christian Center. Thanks for joining us as we break the bread of life today. Our prayer is that your faith in our Lord Jesus Christ is strengthened by this word. God bless you. We're going to continue our new series on authority, faith, and character today. This morning we're going to talk about all authority. All authority. We're in a period of acceleration. We're in a period of where a time where world events are accelerating. And uh, I heard a man who has advised in the past, in the past 40 years, advised governments, advised multinational, multi-billion dollar corporations and everything, said he has never seen in his life a time when there was such incompetence in so many high places. You know, he used the I word and I'm not going to, I won't, I won't use that, but he's very discouraged about what he sees. He said, I just see so much trouble coming because one bad decision after another is being made. But rest assured that all of this is just revealing that man is doing what man will do, but God will do what only God can do. And again, uh, we talked last week about the Roman centurion and how he had faith and how, you know, when Jesus, you know, he sent his ambassage to Jesus saying, I'm not worthy, Lord, for you to come under my roof. But I am a man placed under authority with soldiers under me. I also am a man under authority like you with uh, soldiers placed under me. And I say to this one, go and he goes. And I say to this one, come and he comes. I say to my my slave, do this and he does it. You just say the word and my servant will be healed. And Jesus was amazed and he said, truly I say to you, I haven't seen faith like this. No, not in Israel. And that, that centurion's understanding of authority is what made his faith strong. In Ephesians chapter 1 and verses 17 and following, it says, I pray, this is Paul writing a prayer that, you know, I pray over all of us on a very frequent basis. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us. The Greek word is ice or ace, depending on your epsilon iota sigma, the, your school of pronunciation, literally into his power into us who believe. These are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him where? At his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule, and authority and power and dominion. If you want to know what that is, those are wicked spirits in the heavenlies that have been waging war against Yahweh forever and ever and ever. Almost, well, not forever, but a long time. All right. For far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things in subjection under his feet. How many things? All things in subjection under his feet and gave him, meaning Jesus, as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. I want you to think about what he just said there. Sometimes these things get past us. We read over them. The church is the fullness 
of Jesus on this earth. Can you say amen? We're talking about authority, which is delegated power. When an individual has authority, the question is, authority over what? Authority over whom? Authority when? Authority where? If we don't understand the context of the authority in which we stand, we're doomed at best to have a hit and miss experience with this. Believe me, the enemy does not want this taught. Because once a believer gets a hold of who he is, who she is in Christ, and what is his or what is hers, then the enemy is greatly, greatly, greatly hindered in how much he can do. In fact, in a very real sense, he's cut completely off. Humanity, Adam and Eve, were born, created, born into a war. And while a tip of the, uh, you know, there are ministers out there for whom I have deep respect <clears throat> who believe that the rebellion didn't start and the angelic rebellion didn't start until the garden. I, you know, I, they're entitled to their opinion and I love them, but I disagree. Uh, Lucifer, Halel bin Shakar, the, the, the light bearer, the son of the morning, and a group of watchers. Watcher class spirits, very powerful angelic spirits, rebelled against Yahweh in the distant past. Now we can learn a great deal about this because you see the same characteristics in fallen humanity. And every one of us has flesh. Turn to somebody and say, yeah, I see yours. Yeah, I do. All right. And it'll show up there. You know, one of the things, you know, Larry made a mention of holiness. One of the things about the old man, you know, the, 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 the Adam in each and every one of us is that, it, you know, we have been crucified with Christ. The, the world and the flesh have been crucified to us, but we need to keep them crucified. They will rise up if we allow them. So we have to keep our boot on their neck and say, you are staying dead. All right. And so, um, you know, we're not left to wonder in ancient times what happened. Look at Ezekiel chapter 28, beginning with verse 12. This is from the New American Standard. Son of man, take up lamentation over the king of Tyre. This is no human. The king of Tyre and say to him, thus says the Lord Yahweh, you had the seal of perfection, full of wisdom, perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. You can see how this could not possibly be a human. He talks to the prince of Tyre. That is the actual human king. This is the king. This was the spirit who was really ruling. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. The ruby, the topaz, the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, and the jasper. The lapis lazuli, the turquoise, and the emerald. The gold and the workmanship of your settings and your sockets. Uh, was in you. On the day you were created, they were prepared. You were the anointed cherub. You were, he was the covering karuv. He was the, he was a, a karuv is a, a, a cherub is a throne guardian who covers. I placed you there. You were in, on the holy mountain of God. That's the Mount of Assembly. You were you walked in the midst of the stones of fire. What are the stones of fire? Those were the other Elohim, the other what mighty angelic spirits who were in the divine council, who were attendant to Yahweh. You walked among them. 
You were blameless in all your ways, which definitely is not a human. In all your ways from the day you were created until unrighteousness was found in you. By the abundance of your trade, your activity, your executing your ministry, you were internally filled with violence and you sinned. Therefore, I have cast you down as profane. Now, what does that mean? As common, as soiled, as corrupted from the mountain of God. And I have destroyed you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom by reason of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. Here is an angelic spirit. Lucifer, we call him Satan or the devil. Satan means adversary. Devil means accuser. All right. But his name is Lucifer, light bearer. That's Lucifer is the Latin light bearer. His name is Halel ben Shakar. And they were not, you know, uh, when he was cast down, he was removed from his position of authority because he began to believe his own press. And you know what I'm thinking, you know, when Paul says in Romans that none of us should think more highly of ourselves than we ought. That's good advice. Isaiah chapter 14 Verses 12 through 15. How you have fallen, O from heaven, O star of the morning, O Hillel ben Shakar. You have been cut down to the earth, you who have weakened the nations. But you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of assembly in the recesses of the north. I will ascend. I will, I will, I will, I will, I will. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like uh, uh, the Most High. Nevertheless, you will be thrust down to Sheol, to the recesses of the pit. Here is someone who decided he couldn't play second fiddle, if you'll pardon the use of an old term. He couldn't be an understudy. He couldn't be a servant to anyone. That he was his own angel. He was his own spirit. He was his own uh, boss. And he looked around and went, you know what? I'm pretty much running everything now anyway. You know, so, you know, why don't I just go ahead and why don't I just go ahead and take the reins and run this puppy? And all this can start coming to me. And I will answer to no one. And I'm willing to do whatever it takes. And when you see these qualities in a human. Or a political party. You know the source. All of history has been. uh, Nations. Tribes. People. Vying for power. Wanting to control. And boy are we seeing it today. And in Genesis 3.15, after the fall of Adam, the Lord spoke to the serpent, the Nachash. It was not a snake. Animals don't talk, even in the Old Testament. Well, except for one donkey. All right. I will put enmity. He's speaking to the serpent. I will put, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring. There's something that is often missed. And hers. He will crush your head and you will strike or bruise his heel. 
Yahweh tells Lucifer that though he has corrupted humanity, the seed of the woman will crush his head. Yahweh spoke the way the conflict, the war would be decided. He declared the way it would end right there. The way it would be won. In Galatians 4.4, 4, it says, in, For in the fullness of time, uh, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a what? Woman. The woman's seed. Born under the law to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. Not servants, sons. Everybody say sons. And that includes you, ladies. All right. And so this is exactly, what does it say? In the, what does it say there? In the fullness of time. God is never late. Neither is he early. How many of you have wished at times God would have shown up a little earlier? But he knows exactly the time. He knows exactly the place. He knows exactly how. He knows how to prepare us for it. He knows how to have our hearts ready so that when he blesses and when he moves, none of it will be lost. Amen. Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 and following. I know we're doing a lot of scripture, but that's okay because we're a church. And when you were dead in your transgressions and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with him. Everybody say amen. Hallelujah. Having forgiven us all our transgressions, having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. When he, meaning the father, had disarmed the rulers and authorities, he made a public display of them, having triumphed over them through him, Jesus. It was the Father who put down the rebellion through Jesus. It is the Father who is going to execute healing through you, because the works that Jesus did, will you do also. Think about that for just a minute. Jesus said, I don't do anything on my own initiative. What I hear, I speak. What I see, that's what I do. I came, it, it is written in the scroll of the book, it is written of me to do, I've come to do your will, O God. Man, if, I'm more excited about this than you are. I can just tell. What an awesome thing. Turning the tables on the principalities, the powers, the rulers of the darkness of this age, the wicked spirits, and the heavenly, in the heavenly places. In fact, in Ephesians 1, where we read it again, we just read it, verse 20. And he, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him in his right hand. And that's very important, for, for particularly, not this time, but in, in a couple of times when Stephen makes reference to that before the Sanhedrin, just before he was, he was stoned. Far above all rule. And authority, power, and dominion, and every named that is named. And put all things, everybody say all things, under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body. Well, all I am is a little toe. Then everything is underneath you. Amen. You might be the sole of his foot. And everything is still subject to, you, to him through you. 
You know, we, we, we say this, you hear it in preacher circle, we say, it, we, we say it laughingly. You know, quit talking to God about the mountain and start talking to the mountain about God. And, you know, we've, we've, I haven't preached on confession in quite some time, but I'm here to tell you that the word of God has to come out of our mouths. We have to say what the word says. We have to speak what God says. We have to believe it. We have to stand on it and not back off. And not get, you know, not let fear, not let doubt, not let all of these things overcome. You know, we can sit and watch all of this stuff on television and get into fear just pretty quickly. Jesus rose from the dead, ascended into heaven and made the offering. Then he again said, remember, you know, he said, Mary, stop clinging to me for I've not, you know, I've not yet ascended to the father. Now you go tell the disciples and Peter, behold, I ascend to your father and my father, to your God and my God. Well, the next time we see him, he suddenly appears, whoa, in the midst of the disciples in the upper room with the doors closed and shut. Now, when we see him, we shall be as he is, meaning walls will not be a problem. You won't even need to use the door. I, for one, am really looking forward to that. That ought to be fun. Watch this. Not only that, we will travel at the speed of thought. We can be across the galaxy just like that. I'm pretty sure that in my mansion is a beach planet <laughs> with coral reefs and stuff like that. And I'm going to go over to Jason's planet once in a while where there are all kinds of mountains and snow. And I'll stay for five minutes and say, enough, and I'm home. <laughs> he and Michael can come over when they want to go to the beach and warm up. That's what I'm talking about. All right. So he descend, So we see him. He says, stop clinging to me. Then he appears in their midst. And he says, put your, you know, when he, when he saw Thomas later, he said, put your fingers Put your hand in my side. Put the fingers in the holes of actually his wrist. You know, and flesh and blood has, you know, I mean, the spirit does not have flesh and blood as you see me have. He's saying, handle me. Touch me. Well, what's the difference? He had been to heaven, offered up the sacrifice, and then returned to earth. After which he said in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, and Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, all authority. How much? All. all authority. All authority has, when you walk up to the bank teller and you say, what's my balance? And they say, $3,276,427.22. And you say, give it all to me. They're going to have a conniption. Because banks don't have money. Go try to take out a large sum and you'll see what I'm talking about. You'll have to order, but they have to come up with it, you know, and, you know, but, but they may, they may, and when they say, well, here's everything but the 22 cents. That's not all. He said, that is my 22 cents. I told you I wanted all of it. Now I'm being facetious here, obviously. I'm being silly, but God cares about, it. I mean, if he numbers the hair of your head. Does he care about all? Absolutely he does. 
All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Well, since I live on earth, that's good news. Go for this reason, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations. What is he doing? He is deputizing them. He is passing his authority. Think of a deputy sheriff. What is a deputy sheriff? Somebody who acts in the stead of the sheriff himself or herself when the sheriff is not there. Are you with me? What does, a, what does an ambassador do? He or she speaks on behalf of the head of state and of the government of the sending nation. If you're a legate, not just an ambassador, but a legate, that means there are military resources available as necessary to use to further the interest of that country. And that's what we are. We are legates for Christ. Everybody say amen. And he says, go therefore and... Uh, make disciples, not make converts, all disciples of all nations. That's not all countries. That's all tribes, all families, all people groups. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe. In other words, teaching them to do all that I commanded you. So much for the people who would tell us, or the doctrine, that I should say, that would tell us that the old that the uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are all Old Testament. And we don't need to know. That's not what he said. Teaching them to do whatever is written after this, because everything I showed you is Old Testament. No, teaching them to observe, teaching them to do all. There's that word all again. All that I commanded you. And lo, or behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Wow. Both in heaven and on earth, all authority is him. We see over in Daniel chapter 7. You know, people read, you know, people who don't know theology or don't understand biblical theology. When they see Jesus refer to himself as the son of man, they just... They, they think, well, he's not claiming divinity. He's calling himself the son of man. He's not calling himself the son of God. The reason he calls himself the son of man is because every devout Jew had read Daniel chapter 7 verses 13 and 14. Where one like where the thrones are set up and then one like a son of man is ushered in and is given an everlasting kingdom. And when you said the son of man to the to the uh, any of the of the leadership, they knew exactly to whom you were referring. You were referring to the Messiah, the anointed one, the blessed one. And so what does he say? To, he says, well, in fact, uh, in Acts chapter uh, 1 and verse 18, 8, it says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Because he's getting ready to do something. Everybody say amen. amen. Peter didn't mince words when you're talking about sitting at the right hand of God. Peter didn't mince words when he was preaching on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2. He says, this Jesus God raised up again to which we were all witnesses. The people say, well, you know, that was just a, you know, that was a hoax. They didn't really do that. People do not die for a hoax. And everyone by tradition, everyone of the apostles with the exception of John, was martyred for their faith. You don't die for a scam. Amen. Amen. This Jesus God raised up again, to which we are all witnesses. Acts chapter 2. 
Therefore, having been exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured forth this which you both see and hear. For David, uh, it was not David who ascended into heaven, but he himself said, Yahweh said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a what? Footstool for your feet. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Messiah. Hallelujah. This Jesus whom you crucified. Peter was not afraid to speak truth to power. Amen. Amen. Now when he says go. Go into all the earth. Preach the gospel unto every crazy. Every single tribe. Every single people group. Every single family. I'll be with you. And he said in Acts 1.8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Or has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses. Both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria. Even to the remotest part of the earth. Peter. You know, when it says you shall receive power, Peter was, you know, that's, it was to that Peter was referring at Pentecost. But not just that. Saint, when you were born again, when I was born again, we left the enemy's system entirely. We came out from under his authority. We came out from under his legal influence. Now, that doesn't mean he won't continue to try to influence us. And in fact, that's what he will do. He will try to influence us. Because if we act on what he says, that's going to be disobedience. That's going to be unbelief. So what we must do is act on what Jesus said. Act on what the scripture says. What does it say in Colossians 1 and 13? I quote it a lot. When my, I do my altar calls. For he rescued us from the domain, from the authority. The word translated domain or dominion there is the word authority. He rescued us from the authority of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom. We are no longer under a usurper. We are no longer under a pretender to the throne. We are no longer under uh, a, 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 a criminally insane outlaw spirit. Who would rather kill us than look at us. And we are now under the. We have been transferred to that of a true king. The rightful king. The rightful heir. The kingdom of his beloved son. We are no longer under the authority of the enemy. We are under the authority of the son. And just as the father worked through Jesus to defeat the spirits in the heavenlies, he will continue to work through the church militant. That's you and me. As we continue to put the enemy, every time you win, the enemy has lost to the father again. Let me say that again. Every time you win, the enemy has lost to the Father again. That would be a good little poem to remember. A good little rhyme. And every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess. So we go forth and immediately discover that the enemy doesn't seem to realize that he is a defeated foe. And that's one of the... And there's... How many of you... Think about some of the tricks you fell for which you fell uh, when you were a young believer that, you know, it's like, ah, you know, now you know better. 
That's why Paul says, you know, that we are to, you know, to, to offer ourselves as a sacrifice. We're to study to show ourselves approved. We're to grow in knowledge so that we understand those things and that we see those things and that we know what is ours. And we know who we are and we know whose we are. We are in the middle of a war that greatly predates humanity and it will end exactly and when the father says. Because when Jesus came out of the grave, it was over. I mean, when that's why uh, Stephen, that's when they, you know, Stephen was irritating the Sanhedrin. But when they said he looked up and said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of the Father. That was more than they could handle. They're like, ah! And they covered their ears and they screamed. They rushed at him with one impulse. Now I want you to think about this. Colossians 1.13 tells us that every non-believer is subject to the enemy's influence. They have Little in the way with which to resist. Galosh. Uh, Galoshes. It's a rainy day. I started to say Genesis and then I wanted to go to Colossians. And so I got Galoshians. New book in the Bible. Genesis 3.15. We just read it a moment ago. I will put enmity from the NIV 84 version of the, uh, uh, the uh, NIV, which is the one that I would recommend. Um, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring. Well, who is the offspring of the devil? Who are the sons of the devil? Believe me, it's not everybody you meet. You know, and some of you are thinking of people in your family. No, don't do that. They are not the offspring of the devil. Most people are under the most non-believers are under the enemy's influence, but only certain individuals who have truly allowed hatred to get in their heart have become. In fact, John eight and forty four, Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees, and he says, "You are of your father, the devil. You want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning, and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him." Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So what do we see in what, what moves an individual to the point that the father would look or the son would look and say, you are a son of the wicked one. What would that be? It would be lying. It would be deception. It would be hatred. It would be, you know what witchcraft is? Witchcraft is just manipulation of a situation or anything to get what you want out of it. And so you can actually work witchcraft without doing any magic. Because it's manipulation. Pure and simple. And he's, you know, and what, but when that said about sons of the devil, they are not our enemy. The worst government official is not your enemy, nor mine. The most incompetent uh, government official. Too long a list to name. Are, and I, you know, I, I hate to speak disparagingly, I'm just going on what I see. Um, 
Because there's too many people that do not have life operating. They don't have the wisdom of God. In Ephesians chapter 6, very famous passage, it says, Finally, be strong in the Lord in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God. You don't need armor if you're not going to be, you know, uh, Liam really, he is really, you know, you know how little kids as they grow up, they go from one phase to another phase to another phase. Well, for the longest time, it was dinosaurs. You know, all little boys go through the dinosaur phase. I'm pretty, pretty, pretty sure. But now it's Star Wars. And he loves these little Lego characters that are Star Wars characters. And he'll hold one of them. Is this a bad guy? Is this a, and the Star Wars canon is so complex. You know, you look at it. It's a, it looks like a stormtrooper. It's a 501st, which was prior to the Empire and blah, blah, blah. And all this stuff. And it's like trying to explain any of that. And first of all, it's all fiction. So what do we care? You know, and he'll hold up Darth Vader. But his favorite his, one of his favorite characters is Dinjarin, the Mandalorian. And he took for, uh, he took to school for show and tell. Anybody remember show and tell? He took for show and tell. He took his little Lego figure of Dinjarin, which is the name of the Mandalorian. And, on, and he's wearing his Beskar armor and on his back is Grogu, a.k.a. Baby Yoda. All right. And, and he said it was a big hit. All the kids really liked it. And a couple of the kids wanted to play with it and all this kind of stuff. And he's asking me all these kind of questions. Well, the Mandalorian doesn't wear the same, you know, Dinjarin doesn't wear the same kind of armor everybody else does. He wears Beskar. Beskar. I mean, it's pretty cool. With Beskar, blasters are hitting it directly and he's like this, but it doesn't burn him. It doesn't get through. He is impervious as long as it doesn't hit a joint. He is impervious to it. You don't wear stuff like that if somebody isn't going to be shooting at you. Why? When I was a police officer, I'm sure the vests that they have now, the, the ballistic vests, we used, you know, that's the real term for them, not bulletproof. The ballistic vests today are of much higher quality than the ones we had because they were new when I was a cop. And the, uh, the, the, the one that everybody was buying was the second chance. That's what it was called, the second chance. You know, and they were big and thick and you could always tell guys were wearing them underneath. You could see them beneath the shirts and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, um, let me those those vests were, you know, we were not required to wear them. I guess you guys probably are now, aren't you? They're required to wear them now, but we weren't required because they were so new. You know, we're, we weren't required to wear them. And some guys wouldn't. Why? Because this was Texas. And it's July. And trust me. If a bullet won't get through it, neither does air. <laughs> I mean, I remember I've been there were times that we were all standing out in the heat and, you know, there's four cops about to melt, you know, because it, it it was hot and, and we're not we're not we're not able to, you know, eat. and so the, the vest occasionally needed cleaning. <laughs> so, well, we'll leave that alone. But Dinjarn's armor is there because he is likely and does get shot at. Cops wear ballistic armor so that if they're hit by a round, it will not kill them. Might do some blunt, trauma, blunt force trauma uh, damage, but not 
penetrate. We, Paul tells us to put on the full armor of God because the enemy is going to shoot some of his flaming missiles, his fiery darts at us, and it is going to hit. And guess what? It might not kill you, but how many of you can say, yes, my armor worked, but there was a bruise. It's, it's, it's good that it doesn't go all the way through me. It doesn't punch a hole in me. But it did knock me down. And I did take a little while to get my breath back. And I did have a nice bruise right there. God didn't say it wouldn't be a fight. He just said we would win. Everybody say amen. You know, so many people think that a spiritual authority is just floating through life with nary a problem. <clears throat> Not so. Be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. You know, be able to stand means that sounds to me like we want that it's going, we're going to feel like turning and running. For we do not wrestle, this is from the ESV, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. That is the enemy, not the mother-in-law, not the boss. Not the really rude person who just butted in line in front of you at Walmart. Or, God forbid, the post office. The fact is that he goes on to say in verse 13, Take up, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Have you ever had an evil day? I know I have. And just because I have an evil day doesn't mean I've lost. Just because I have an evil day doesn't mean that God has abandoned me. Just because I have an evil day does not mean a bad day. And where things are coming at me from every side doesn't mean that I lose or that God's asleep on the job. It means that I'm walking through a hornet's nest and that all I need to do is stay faithful. Whip out that name. Whip out that word. When discouragement comes, symptoms of illness, persecution, car trouble. Yesterday, our washing machine decided to start leaking. What do you do? Bless the Lord. And it's old enough that I went out to the Maytag website and they said, enter in your model number. And I entered it in four or five times and it kept saying, that didn't work. That didn't work. That didn't work. This thing's built like a tank, you know. Not it's not foo foo like a lot of the, now. If you you've, if you've got a newer washer, fine. But I like the old stuff. I mean, when Kathy, you know, well, I actually ran a load of clothes here. Not recently. You know, that's why it's broken. I just thought about that. <laughs> I ran a load and then it started leaking. <laughs> Sticking his tongue out at me. But I mean, she turns that thing on and it goes, and the agitator in the middle is going up and down. It's not doing this thing. It's going up and down. I said something to Greg about that. He goes, we used, and what did you call it? What kind, what did you call it? Jet cone. Jet cone agitator. And he said, that will turn your jeans wrong side out. <laughs> and I went, 
He's right. Many is the time I we pulled you know, clothes out and the jeans turned wrong side out, and we didn't do it when we threw them in. Whoa. It's too bad stuff has to be fixed. Amen. And the Maytag repairman is no longer the loneliest man in town. Stand firm against an unseen enemy who is the real source of the trouble. And if our musicians would come, I will close. We're going to talk about, we're going to get granular in this in the weeks to come. And believe me, when you start preaching on spiritual authority or spiritual warfare, whatever, you will have opportunity to exercise it, I assure you. Luke chapter 7 and verse 8, a the first two-thirds of it. What did that centurion say to Jesus? He said, for I also am a man placed under authority. What is the preposition used vis-a-vis -vis him and the authority? The authority is over me. I am under the authority. That's what Satan could not abide. He could not abide remaining under the Lord. And all the spirits who fell as part of that rebellion could not abide being under. One of the reasons, a lot of people think that the dominion of darkness is monolithic, meaning it's all one big chunk and everything flows together. Nothing could be further from the truth. They don't even get along with each other. Lucifer cannot make other spirits in his class do anything because they are as powerful as he is and he tries to give them an order, they'll laugh in his face if he if they and when you see fussing and fighting and struggling for power, what you're seeing is exactly what happens in the realm of darkness. It is a contest. It is a competition. Spirits over entire nations clash with each other and have their human I hate to use stooges, but their, their, their human proxies do battle and kill each other so that one of them can rule. Remember when uh, uh, Gabriel came and spoke with Daniel and he says, you know, I'm duking it out with the prince of Persia. Well, where did, where did, uh, where did Daniel live? He lived in Shushan. He lived in the capital of the Medo-Persian Empire. And the prince of Persia, he was referring to, was that spirit of one, like we just read, the cosmic uh, forces of evil, wicked spirits in the heavenly places. And he said, but the prince of Greece is coming. And, the, and under Alexander the Great, they're the ones who broke the back of the Persian uh, stranglehold on the Near East. And so what, he, didn't make, he didn't make reference to Alexander the Great, he made reference to the spirit that was motivating Alexander the Great. So we see it. There is a spirit over nations. There's definitely one over ours. And there's been a change there in the last few years. But God. Hallelujah. And so he says, I am a man placed 
under authority with soldiers under me. So what he was saying that he, I am under authority. I am subservient to, under the covering, under the aegis of the Roman army, which is subservient to the Roman government. That's why in, in the United States, the president is not a general, but he is the elected head. And he is, or at some point in the future, she, I'm sure, the commander in chief, meaning the top boss. When I was in the intelligence service, we used to have a, a, a system called a critic. And that was whenever something super critical happened and that we had, we had a system for sending the information back to the National Security Agency and it was tagged as something that was supposed to be on the president's desk within 30 minutes or less because it's crucial. They had a lateral go off when I was, when we were in, and some of you may remember when the Mayaguez was seized, uh, Gerald Ford was the president. And when that happened, and our, my counterparts in that part of the world saw it, detected it, saw it happen, they fired off one of these messages, which, you know, one goes directly to Washington, the other goes sideways, which we call the lateral, which informed all the other stations that this 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 major thing has happened, so that we could be it didn't wouldn't affect us in Europe, but so that everybody would be aware of what's going on. So if they see any activity that might be related, it also can be reported. And it was it, they didn't send it to the Joint Chiefs; they sent it to the President. Jesus is the head. Everybody say amen. This officer is saying, I am under the, in his day it would be the emperor and the army. I am subservient. And I've got soldiers under me and they will do what I tell them to do. And saints, remember when they came back, Jesus sent out the 70 and they came back and they said, wow. The, even the demons are subject to us in your name. He said, don't rejoice in that, but rejoice that your, lamb, your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. I'm here to tell you, the enemy cannot stand against what the, the Jesus in you. When we stand in faith believing, when we place ourselves, what does James say? James 4, 6, and 7. But he gives a greater grace. How I many of you could use some greater grace? He gives a greater grace. Therefore, it said, God is opposed to the proud, to the arrogant, but give, to the unteachable, but gives grace to the humble, to the unassuming, to the, to the teachable. Submit, therefore, for that reason, submit to God and greater grace is available. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Wow. You know, it's, it's like this. When I was a cop, I used to say, we used to say, well, if he's got a fist, we have a stick. If he has a stick or a knife, we have a gun. If he has a gun, we have a radio. Amen. Whatever it takes. I mean, when you're out there in the bush, you can call in the, you can call in the, uh, the gunships. Whatever it takes, God will get it there for you and for me. But we got to stand our ground. Let's all stand. Those of you who are watching by web.
The way you move in, you have to move out of the dominion of darkness and move in to the kingdom of the son of his love. And the way you do that is to pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, and I'm talking about praying, not reciting, I'm talking about praying. There is a difference. I believe in my heart and confess with my lips that Jesus Christ is your son. I believe it. I believe you raised him from the dead. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord as well as Savior. And the scripture says, God will not cast those who come to him. He will in no wise cast out. Doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done. You will be accepted in the beloved. And you will pass from death into life. What an awesome thing. Believer, we are coming into days, and it's, we're already there, where as it intensifies, we had better be on our game. We had better be disciples, not just converts. We had better know what is ours, and we had better hear the voice of our commander. Because a friend of mine one time said this, what God don't pay for what God don't order. Now that's horrible English, I understand, but it's... It's the kind of thing that will stick with you. God's got a way of doing things. You don't just take things into your own hands. You wait to hear what heaven has to say. And we move with him. We are coming into some of the most, we talked about it earlier, about glory of the latter house. And how cool it is for the things that God has planned to bring to pass in our lifetime. And we get a privilege, the privilege of being a part of it. But if you're just going to stir your faith with your finger, if you're going to be a casual believer, you won't walk in it. I'm just going to tell you right now. If you don't commit yourself to discipleship and allow God to do some things in you, some things in holiness, some things in obedience, some things in faith, some things in the fear of God, the, the, it won't be a gusher. It'll be a dribble. And I want to save you the heartache. Get in right now all the way. Water up to the neck. Go swimming in it. Don't just wade in it. Go swimming in it. Hallelujah. Our God is awesome. Hallelujah. Amen. We hope this message has been a great blessing to you and has helped build your faith in Jesus. We encourage you to visit our app, Independence Christian Center, on your cell phone available from the Apple App Store or Android, Google Play, you can also find us on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon, YouTube, and Facebook, again, under Independence Christian Center, or at our website, iccfamily, all one word, dot O-R-G, iccfamily, dot O-R-G. Our heart's desire here is to labor with the Lord in building His body. Until next time, may God's very best be yours.